welcome to Today in Sports Betting for Wednesday, May 18th. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. And as always, this is the Sports Ethos presentation. Go to our sportsethos.com website and check out some of our packages there. You can get our wager pass, which I'm part of our wagering group, $15 a month. You will get comments plays on games from the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball. You get some tennis plays these days. You get some Aussie rules football plays. Lots of commentary. This time of year, you're getting anywhere from, with playoffs in the NBA and NHL getting a little lighter, you're getting anywhere from 5 to 15 plays across all the sports from our different handicappers. Great deal. You can also get a DFS package. You can get our fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball. We're going to fantasy football coming our company is really exploding. Lots of great offerings, lots of valuable pieces that I think you can get at a very reasonable price. So check us out at sportsethos.com and see some of the packs. I'm sure you can find something you like. Also, if you're into props, check out our partner, uh, Thrive Fantasy. That's T-H-R-I-V-E. Prop off with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or thrivefantasy.com. When you sign up, use the code ethos. It's E-T-H-O-S. Get 100% deposit match bonus on your first $100, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props and the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. You can check out our Sports Ethos DFS team as well for more prop information. And you can check out, if you're into baseball, I recommend you follow Joe Orico. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-9-9. He runs our fantasy baseball team. Uh, he has a regular daily podcast, which is specific to fantasy baseball, but he does a lot of DFS there as well, so you get a lot of DFS information. We're also going to be getting our football division going. It's going to be a lot of fun this uh, later in the summer, into the fall. And you can follow our Ethos Fantasy FB for football, our Twitter feed there. And we've got a daily podcast as well. Not daily yet. I think it's three times a week right now, but we'll be daily as we get into the fall. So lots going on here at Ethos. Lots to check out on Twitter. You can check us out at Ethos Fantasy FB, like I said, for football, Ethos Fantasy BB for baseball, and Ethos Fantasy BK for basketball. So lots of interesting games on the boards tonight. Uh, One in the NBA playoffs, two in the NHL playoffs, and 15 Major League Baseball games. So I will quickly go through all of those. We start on the hard court, and we have the Western Conference Finals. Uh, the Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks, are in Golden State to play the Warriors, fresh off their upset of the Suns. You can get the home Warriors at minus 5.5. Total here is 214.5. On the money line, you can get the Mavs at plus 190, or you can get Golden State at minus 230. The numbers jump between 4.5 and, and 5. Obviously, if you get 4.5 and, and you're on uh, Golden State side all the better. I get on Golden State at minus five and a half at minus one ten. I think the Warriors are just a better team. Luca and company beating the Suns was a fun upset to watch, and he's played out of this world. But I think the Warriors are just too too strong a team with uh, Ste- uh, Steph, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson all healthy, all playing. Um, these guys have been there before. They're not going to be phased by the, the stage. They're at home. And this year in the playoffs, you've seen a lot of huge score. A lot a lot of teams cover and cover easily. Um, so I was even talking to some guys earlier, and they said, maybe even look in the alt spread and get a, a minus six and a half, minus seven. I don't want to go that, that aggressive. 
Um, but I think Golden State wins. I think they win easy at home. So I'm on them minus five and a half tonight to beat the Mavericks. So that's it for the short and only game on the hardwood. Let's get to Major League Baseball. Uh, but before we do, I'll take a quick break and come back on the diamond. All right, let's hit the diamond. There's a few games already underway as I record this, uh, so I won't go into a lot of detail. You have Atlanta at Milwaukee. Could have got the Braves plus 120. Corbin Burns and the Brewers at minus 140. Total here, six and a half. Um, I wasn't on this game at all. We'll go right to the Tigers at the Rays. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers at plus 140 at Tampa Bay with Drew Rasmussen at minus 160. I actually jumped on the Rays at minus one and a half, plus 140. And they're up by a couple of few runs already. So uh, that's looking fairly good. Next game of the day, we go to Colorado. And ace Logan Webb for the Giants against Kyle Freeland for the Rockies. And give the Giants one, minus 165. The host Rockies plus 145. Total here is 11. If anything, I would lean to the under. I like the Giants. I like Webb. Kyle Freeland does not pitch all that well at home. But my, laying minus 165 is too much, and the run line is still minus 110. So if anything, I would lean to the under. I think just San Francisco wins, get the sweep. And I think Webb, even though it's in Colorado, can hold the Rockies down a little. So look maybe to the under 11. Next game of the day, we have Minnesota traveling to Oakland. And you get Sunny Gray on the hill for the Twins, and Dalton Jeffries on the bump for the Athletics. You can get minus, Minnesota at minus 170 on the road. The home Athletics at plus 150. Total here is seven. Neither of these teams are hitting very well, especially Oakland. Uh, and I, but I would actually lean to the over, although it's juiced down to minus 120. And I'm just not a fan of Sunny Gray, so I think Oakland put a few runs on the board. And Dalton Jeffries has been decent but not fantastic, so I think Minnesota could do the same. And then all of a sudden we're getting close to a pretty low total of seven. Uh, the run line is Minnesota minus, uh, sorry, at even money at plus 100. Not going to touch that. Not going to be on this game at all, actually. Uh, the next game, we see Arizona travel to Los Angeles, stay in Los Angeles. And you can get righty Zach Davies on the bump for the Snakes. They are plus 235. And Walker Bueller coming in right around minus 300 and minus 295. For the Dodgers, not, not touching this game, just too high a number. You're also getting Dodgers in a minus number on the run line. I think Bueller wins. I think they went fairly easy. Uh, I just can't lay that big a number or anywhere close to that. The next game, which I think is actually an interesting game, might not be the greatest game, but there's some value potentially here. Uh, Cincinnati, who I don't think I've been on once this year, is in Cleveland. You get righty Tyler Malley on the hill for the Reds. You get righty Cal Quantrill on the hill for the Guardians. Uh, you can get the Reds at plus 115, Guardians at minus 135. And I'm actually on the Reds. I got them at plus 118 earlier today. Um, don't like backing the Reds, but I don't like backing um, Quantrill at all. I think he's uh, he, he struggled. He's been giving up a lot of contact, some hard contact. His numbers look all right, but when you dig down a little deeper, he hasn't been pitching all that well. And he's going against um, some decent lefties in the Reds lineup. I mean, you've got Terry Friedel leading off. He's nothing great. Moustakas hitting cleanup. He's all right. But then also, when you get down a little further, Tyler Naquin and Colin Moran hitting six and seven. Not exactly great hitters this year, but they've both been known to be uh, righty killers at times in their career. So going against Quantrill, I think they have the ability to put up a few runs. And Tyler Malley, I think, has the ability to shut down uh, the Indians who have been struggling. They've been doing all right, but um, 
not a great lineup. When you look at the bottom of the lineup, you've got Fran Mil Reyes, a righty, Andres Jimenez, a lefty, Richie Palacios, a lefty, and Austin Hedges, are catcher, a righty. So those bottom four guys aren't really going to scare me. you got him. Ahmed Rosario hitting fifth. The fact that he's hitting fifth in your lineup shows uh, how poorly their lineup is. Owen Miller's their cleanup hitter. Had a good start, but he's a righty as well going against the veteran Malley. The only one who really scares me is obviously Jose Ramirez. Steven Kwan's hitting number two. He's a lefty. And Miles Straw's a leadoff hitter uh, uh, as a righty. But um, Ramirez in the three spot scares everybody. But I think Malley has the ability to work around him. And then other than that, he should be able to get through uh, the lineup a couple times. So I could see him going five, six, maybe six-plus innings, holding him a check, a couple runs against Quantrill. And a plus money, I'm happy to back the Reds here. Uh, Cleveland's at minus 136, so I'm not going to be uh, on them at that number. The next game we see Houston is in Boston again after a big game yesterday. You can get Luis Garcia for the Astros. Uh, sorry, just pulling up their lineup here. Yep, righty Luis Garcia for the Astros against righty Nick Pavetta. Uh, on the hill for the Red Sox. You can get the Strohs at minus 135. You can get the Red Sox plus 115. I like Houston, not at 135, so I'm happy to pivot to their run line. At I got it at plus 120. I see about plus 115, plus 118. So I, I take it anywhere at plus 115 and above. So going to be in the Astros on the run line there. Next game sees Washington in Miami. You have young righty Josiah, Josiah Gray for the Nats against young righty Pablo Lopez for the Marlins. Now, this could turn into a pitcher's duel. Pablo Lopez has been fantastic this year. And the Nats lineup has not, although they have Cruz back. So they're, they're going to have their Soto, Bell, Cruz, Yadiel, Hernandez, two to four. Decent middle of the order. But other than that, pretty weak order. And Lopez has been doing very well. Josiah Gray struggled the first couple starts, but he's had a few good outings. And the Marlins don't really throw up a great lineup either. So the total here is seven and a half. And... A little too low for me. Sorry, the total it's down to seven now. Uh, you can get the under at plus 100. You can get the over at minus 120. So I wouldn't – that's just too low a number for me. I think I think Lopez can limit the Nats, but with those guys in the middle, they have the ability to put up a few runs, and I don't see the total. I see it being right around seven, so I'm going to stay away from that. And I like the Marlins, minus 185. I can't take them. Um don't really want to touch their run line. It's only plus 120, so the game's stay away from me. The next game, we have San Diego in Philly. Blake Snell makes his debut, season debut for the Padres, and you can get him at plus 130, and you can get Ace, Philly's ace and Brady, Zach Wheeler on the hill. You can get them at minus 150, or you can get them on the run line at plus 140. What I'm on here is the total. It's at 7.5, and, and I'm taking the over – sorry – yeah, seven and a half. I'm taking the over at, I got a plus 102. I'm seeing basically even money. I got it at plus 102. Uh, the reason being, Zach Wheeler has pitched good. Not Well, he's pitched better than good, but he hasn't pitched great. Padres have a decent lineup. Blake Snell uh, was terrible on the road last year. He was good at home. His first game, I don't see him going that deep. San Diego's bullpen is going to be rested. Um, but I don't, I don't see him going that deep, and I see potentially the Phillies getting a few runs off him. And what's interesting, I looked into the numbers a little deeper. So Philly is 17 and 18 on the season, not doing very well. San Diego's 22 and 13. Uh, but Philly's in the eighth hardest schedule, whereas San Diego's had the 25th uh, toughest, easiest schedule, basically. So I think the Phillies underachieving, and the Padres may be overachieving a little based on those. But when you dig a little deeper, 
Well, I'd like the Phillies to score some runs against Snell. Their expected batting average is 266, which is the third best in MLB, whereas the Padres is only 241, the 27th best. The expected slug for the Phillies is 463, which is, should, would be the ninth best, whereas for San Diego, they're at 398, 26th best. Expected WOBA for the Phillies is 340, which would be the eighth best. And San Diego's is 318, which is 23rd best. So I think Philly's been underachieving. They have been underachieving. Uh, they haven't been hitting like everybody thought. Unfortunately, Bryce Harper is not in the lineup. If Harper were playing today, I would have been on the Phillies straight up, um, but he's not. So I'm going to be on the total. I think Snell gives up a few runs. I think the Phillies can get the wheeler for a couple runs. And all of a sudden, we're pushing close to that uh, 7.5 number. So happy to take the over at plus money. Next game of the night, CZ Yankees in Baltimore again. And you have ace Garrett Cole on the hill for the pinstripes. And you have Jordan Lyles on the hill for the O's. You can get the Yankees as huge favorites at minus 260. The Orioles at plus 215. The Yankees' money line is minus 1.5. Or obviously, sorry. Run line is minus 1.5, obviously. But it's minus, juiced to minus 150. So can't touch that. The total here is 7.5. So the question is, how many runs do they think the Yankees get? Because I can see Cole... And the Yankees bullpen completely shutting down the Orioles, one or two runs. So I think the Yankees run total is over four and a half. And I looked at that. <laughs> Might jump on that a little later, but you're going to need the Yanks to get over seven and a half, which is very low total. I think you need the Yanks to get five or six runs at least. So that's that's no easy feat. Even when, as good as they are and as bad as Baltimore is and as weak as Jordan Lyles, the pitcher is, um, I don't see the Orioles helping out in the run total. So I'm going to stay away from that. Next game of the night sees the Mariners in Toronto. You have lefty Marco Gonzalez on the hill for the Mariners and righty Kevin Gaussman on the bump for the Jays. Gaussman has been pitching fantastic, which is why the Jays are two, minus 250 on the money line, and you can get the M's plus 210. Even the Jays' run line is minus 115, so not much touch here. The, the total is eight. Jays have, And I looked at the under, but it's down to minus 120. So I'm going to stay away from that. The Jays haven't been hitting great, although they've scored a few runs the last couple nights against Seattle. Uh, and Gonzalez is so, – so I see Gosman, Gosman being able to shut down the Mariners and limit them. And Gonzalez has done all right. A lefty in Toronto is never a good thing. But against an all-right-handed, every single batter in the Jays lineup, like usual, is going to be right-handed. So I'd look to the Jays to win, but can't – can't take two minus 250. There might be some value at plus 210, but Gossman has just pitched so well this year. Uh, I can't really go against him. So this game's a stay away from me. Next game sees the Cardinals of St. Louis in New York to face Mad Max and the Mets. You get Jordan Hicks, the righty on the hill for the Cards. And as I said, you get Scherzer on the hill for the Mets. Cards are plus 170 in the money line. Scherzer's minus, and the Mets are minus 200. Uh, you can get the Mets in the run line, but it's only plus 110. Total here is seven. So I, if anything, I would lean to the over. It's only minus 105. As If you've listened to my show before and if you followed Max Scherzer, you know in his career, he's an elite pitcher, one of the best in baseball, has been for the last 10-plus years. But he tends to give up some home runs. So if, you, so if the Cards can get anybody on base, pop a home run. To, uh, Scherzer's MO throughout his career is limiting base runners so he can give up the odd home run that doesn't really hurt him. But if they get a runner or two on and somebody does hit one out, then they're at two or three runs. And the Mets have been hitting really well. Jordan Hicks has been pitching well. But as he gets converted to a starter, he's probably only going to go four, even if he's shutting them down five innings at most. But I think the Mets get to him and then the bullpen behind him for a couple runs. So the, the seven juice down to 105 is a decent number. I would look at that and may consider that, but right now I'm not on it. 
Next game sees the Pirates in Chicago, which should probably be the worst all-round game of the night, if you ask me. Righty Will Crow is probably the opener. I see Mitch Keller probably coming in behind him uh, for the Pirates, and then lefty Drew Smiley for the Cubbies. You get the Pirates plus 150, Drew Smiley and the Cubs minus 170. The total here is 8. The wind is blowing across, I believe, but not all that strong, so it doesn't look like wind's going to be a factor. If anything, I would maybe look to the over eight. And that scares me when you're talking about the Pirates, a Pirates game. But um, I'm not a, not a huge supporter of Drew Smiley. And, I just, and nor am I for Crow or Keller coming in for Pittsburgh. So I think there could be some run score here. Problem is both these offenses have really struggled. So I'm not on this game right now, but I might look to the total of over eight. Second last game has... The Angels in Texas face the Rangers. Shohei Otani, the righty, is on the bump for the Angels. And Dane Dunning, the righty, is on the hill for the Rangers. You can get the Angels minus 180. You can get Texas plus 160. On the run line, you can get the Ranger, or the uh, the Angels minus 115. Not going to touch you, though. So total here is 7.5. And, and from what I've seen, you can get the bat, that at about plus 105. The question here is which Otani shows up. If the dominant one shows up, then he completely shuts down Texas and they don't score a run. Uh, or maybe you get one in the first four or five innings. Um, but he's been hittable a couple times this year. I think the good Otani shows up, so I think he's able to limit them. So I would look under seven and a half, but that's just such a tight number. If they, get, if they do get a couple runs against them, uh, and then into the Angels' bullpen, maybe a couple more or another one. And the way the Angels have been hitting, I could see them putting three or four or five runs up against Dunning. He's been kind of hot and cold. He's had a few good outings, and people are starting to talk about him a little, but the Angels have been really hot lately. Uh, at the plate, so not really interested in, interested in going under in a game they're playing, especially when it's a seven and a half. But again, if Otani's on the bump, and if he's on the, on his game, he's really going to limit Texas. So the question is how many runs can be scored. And I'm not really willing to bet over or under seven and a half. Last game of the night sees the White Sox, and they are in Kansas City. Randy Lucas Giolito is on the hill for the Sox, and veteran Zach Greinke is on the hill. Ready, Zach Greinke is on the hill for KC. You can get Chicago minus 155 on the money line. You can get the home Royals plus 135. Total here is eight. You can get exactly, well, from what I see, right around even money, plus 100 on the White Sox run line. And this game is a stay away for me as well. I looked at Zach Greinke's strikeout props. I think it's two and a half, over two and a half. Um, or un, if you go under, it was something like minus 140. And if it's over, it's close to the same. So that's just too much juice to lay. Uh, he, he's got this crazy ability this year. He's been pitching well. His ERA is decent. His whip's decent. Uh, he's been pitching five, six innings in most games, uh, but he's not striking anybody out. It's unbelievable how he's just turned into a pitch-to-contact pitcher. Not that he turned into that, but he's doing well doing that. Um, although the last few games, he's gone over his strikeout props, which have all been very low. So two and a half to go over that, I would definitely look at that, but minus 140, I'm not sure. Uh, I can lay that kind of juice. I do like Chicago here especially with Giolito on the mound, although uh, Grinke has pitched, like I said, fairly well lately. So I would maybe look at their run line at plus 100, but you're not really getting a lot for laying that much. So probably off that game. So like I said, I'm all, I was on the Tampa game earlier today, or ongoing now. I'm on the San Diego Philly over 7.5, and, and I'm on Cincinnati plus 118 on the money line. So not a lot of plays for me today, just not seeing a lot of value on the board. As we switch to the ice, there's two games uh, starting 
in the second round of the NHL playoffs. We have New York Rangers fresh off their overtime game seven victory over the Pens, in which they came back down 3-1 in that series to win. Very impressive. At Carolina, you can get the Rangers plus 155 in the money line. You can get the home Hurricanes minus 175. The total here is five and a half. I'm actually on Carolina, but I can't lay 175, so I'm going to go with the puck line. And the puck line in hockey means it's minus one and a half, so they have to win by two. Uh, and it's plus 155 there. And I saw a lot, especially uh, Carolina hit this a few times, but in the first round we saw a lot of games won by two goals or more. Teams are more apt to pull their goalie in a playoff game with two or three minutes left, where in the regular season they're playing, usually playing for the, the single point, so they're, they're keep their goalie in a little longer, try to get the last-minute tie. Whereas the playoffs seem to be a little more aggressive with this. So I think Carolina's a better team. I think this is the one series. Well, Colorado should beat um, St. Louis, I said earlier. They won yesterday in OT, taking one nothing lead. But St. Louis is a good team. I think the Rangers just just got hot at the right time, caught Pittsburgh napping. I don't think they stay with Carolina. I could see Carolina winning this in five, maybe six at most. So I like the Hur- Hurricanes. I like them at home. They've been playing well at home in the playoffs all season long, but don't want to wait. Lay minus 175, so I'm on their puck line at plus 155. Last game of that is the Battle of Alberta, and if you're a hockey fan, you know what that means. These two teams, Edmonton and Calgary, are about a two, two-and-a-half-hour drive apart. They haven't met in the playoffs, and I think it's close to over 25 years. Um, but they used to have some unbelievable battles in the 80s and 90s. Um, so huge fan bases, huge rivalry. I think this is going to be a great series. I think Calgary's been overrated. They had a really good season, but then they kind of faltered, not faltered, but coasted into the playoffs, did not look great in their first round against Dallas. They won game seven in overtime, but I don't think that series should have went that far, and I think that just speaks to the Flames' vulnerability. The problem with the Oilers is they're Jekyll and Hyde. They can go and score six goals, seven goals one game, and they can flop and score one or two goals the next. So you don't know what team you get. You have Connor McDavid, the best player in the NHL, but you have Leon Dreisaitl on Edmonton who is probably a top five or six player when he's healthy, but he's not healthy right now, unfortunately. So you get the Oilers at plus 140 in the money line. You get the home flames at minus 160. The total here is six. And I think the value is on Edmonton. I'm not on this game. I think Calgary is a better team, um, but I think there is some value at picking the Oilers at plus 140. And if anything, I would lean to the over, but right now I'm seeing it juiced at like minus 125, minus 130. So I'm not going to touch that. Uh, the only game in the NHL I'm on is Carolina. And I'm on them to win by two or more. So I'm on the puck line at plus 155 tonight in the NHL. So before I go, um, do you want to mention a couple partners we have here? If you haven't already went to Manscaped, check out manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. When you sign up, use the code HOOPBALL20. That's two zero. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag if you're looking for another sports book. Use the code HOOPBALL on the third page to sign up to unlock the positive match bonuses there. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Got out a little late today. Missed a few ball games. I apologize for that. But should be an interesting start to the Western Conference Finals in the NBA. Uh, Dallas and Golden State. I love them on Golden State. And I think a couple interesting hockey games, especially that Battle of Alberta later in the evening in Calgary and 15 baseball games, not a lot of action, but that I'm on, but some interesting games for sure, especially the Blake Snell uh, return for San Diego. We'll see how that goes. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you have some picks for tonight and.